This episode of LIW The Walking Dead. Nope. This episode of LIW The Twilight Zone Review is brought to you by Harry Towns Ford. If you need a Ford Lincoln Mercury, Harry Towns is the place to go. Phoenix West, the Twilight Zone episode review show. Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW, the Twilight Zone review, or Loitering Wonderlands, the Twilight Review, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't care. Anyway, today's episode is The Four of Us Are Dying, episode 113 of the, of the OG series, if, you, if you're original gangster, or if you're a fan of the original series like I am. Oh my god, I'm lost already. Where the fuck am I? So this is the first episode to premiere in, in 1960 on, on January 1st. I don't know why the fuck they chose such a random day. It is very odd. Uh, I think it just fell on the day of the week to air because the last one was on Christmas. Anyway, um, that has nothing to do with anything. This episode is The Four of Us Are Dying, like I said, and it sounds more poetic than the episode really is. This is a strange episode. I realized the last episode I did, because I just recorded it like a couple hours ago, when I did 112, um, What You Need. I didn't really talk about how the episode like made me feel or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't really talk about the episode as a whole. I liked the episode, but it wasn't great or anything, the last one. It was just like, like I said, it was just some tale. and It was like a generic story. This one is more of a... Like, kind of a fantasy, what would you do, how would it turn out bad? And that's basically how they wrote this one. Because it starts off, you know, you get the intro, and he's walking he's walking around, this one guy is. And then I'm like, holy shit, so many neon signs. And it's all, like, Dutch angle. And there's just, like, neon signs everywhere. Like, chaos. And it's, the Twilight Zone is, I think it's the show that started that one thing where they go on a bender, you know, and then they walk through and it's, it's like bars, girls, and it's all these neon signs flying by the character as they pretend to walk, but they're really walking in place. But this is a little different because this is how the building was supposed to be. It's just, they're on, it's clearly on some sort of studio back lot and they just built this little bar set and they put all, it's like they took all their neon signs and threw it on one half of a building and they're like, this is the, the neon sign district, and this is where he has to walk through. And then Rod Serling's like, Arch Hammer, or Archie Hammer, where the fuck it is. I think that's the guy from uh, the social network. Anyway, Arch Hammer, 36 years old. And I'm like, no, he is not. He is not 36. I looked him up. He's 46. The actor was at the time. But I guess what he's saying is he's not really even him. I don't know. I... I in the beginning, I was like, oh, he's not even him, so it doesn't matter. Maybe his his real face is somebody else, and who's a 36-year-old, whatever. And he's been a robber, a dispatcher, a bookie, a part-time bartender, a dancer, a, a fucking a hooker, a whore, a, a, a candlestick maker. And he just lists all this shit that he used to do because he changes faces and he can be whatever he wants, whoever he wants. Uh, it doesn't matter. You almost don't have to, don't have to say anything then. They're just, he's just saying it for flair at that point. And I realize every episode, for the most part, just flat out tells you what the character is about. Who they are, what they've done, <laughs> how they got to be here. Unless the point of it is, here is Joe Johnson. He doesn't know how he got here. He doesn't even know that his name is Joe. I just gave you that for the fuck of it. Yeah, it's, unless it's one of those type of episodes. But he just tell, lays out exactly who he is, pretty much. And it goes back to like script writing, where... 
you wanted to describe for the casting person, for the casting agent, you want to describe what the character looks like without just leaving it in the side notes, without leaving it in like the, the extras. So you put it in the fucking script, but they just flat out read it in this because they don't have time. It's just a half an hour show. They don't have time to go like for you to realize the the subtle nuances of the character. So they just flat out go like, he was this, he was that, he's this, and he does this, but he hates this. Oh, he hates that bad. Anyway, moving on. He's in this situation. Here we go. Moving on. And that's what basically all the show is. And that's not to say that's bad. It's just something I've noticed. Well, they just flat out state what they do. For now, I'm gonna go. Welcome to Lord in Wonderland, the the Twilight Zone review. I'm Phoenix West. I'm five foot ten. I'm not sure what I weigh, and then I uh, have a severe drinking problem. I'm uh, <sighs> I'm really in the men. If I have to admit, no, but I, nobody does that in real life. They uh, introduce the character. He's shaving in front of. He's shaving, basically. I should say to begin. He's shaving, and then Rod's like he has one particular skill. He, he's not like. Uh, taken or anything but he's he's shaving and i'm like oh he's shaving in front of a box with a stranger on the other side of the box and it's supposed to look like a mirror okay and then the camera will cut away while he's shaving and it's a different person on the other side of the mirror every few seconds or every few whatever it changes twice and the other guy and i'm like yeah that's it's not a bad special effect you can just tell there's no mirror there <laughs> i don't know it's it's good for what they had i like it i like special effects like that like movies nowadays would rather do the CG thing where they replace their face, but I love simple shit like this. I really do. I make I'm making fun of it, but I, I do love it. Um, and then Rod Serling describes that he's staying at the hotel for three eighty a night, three dollars and eighty cents a night at Hotel Real, which is where he went in the beginning of the show. They showed the sign, one of the giant neon signs, and I was like three eighty. That is insanity. I you can't find a hotel nowadays for. I want to say if you want to go generic hotel with, with a name you recognize, eighty bucks. That's going to be your basic, like lowest package. If you want to go in the uh, um, stabbed in the shower, syringe infested, um, scabies bed motel, yeah, you can get there for you know twenty two bucks a night. And that's including HBO, and that's including Scabies, like I said. You can get that shit, but you don't want to. You do that when you're like a real degenerate and you want to get some heroin. You don't do that when you're a, you know, a shape-shifting magician. I don't know what the fuck he is in this. I don't, know. I don't know. They don't really say. They just kind of say he can do it, and that's it. That's as far as they go into his backstory, and I'm fine with that. Okay, but he, they, Rod kind of lays out that he has a master plan to destroy some lives. And this is where I originally thought... The four was because he does have four clippings out there, so they do, they do a good job of diverting you away from not thinking about what the the title of the episode could mean. Like I said, it's more poetic than the show made it seem until the end, in which I went, "Oh, kudos, kudos! I like that ending." Um, but anyway, they they kind of show these these newspaper clippings, and he's looking at one in particular, and it says, "I don't know, I don't know if they got there yet." It basically just says this guy was involved in a hit and run with a train and moving on. So he goes out and he's going to go talk to somebody. You don't know who it is yet. And um, he's walking through the neon signs again and the Dutch angles and shit. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many fucking signs. And they're so close together. So close together that if they're on, you can't fucking read them because they would just blur each other out. They are layered on top of each other for the nobodies who exist outside that building. There's like two people and... 
there are 15 times more signs than there are people outside. To the point where I'm like, who the fuck are these signs for? There's there's two people outside. They can only be in one spot at a time, the people. Um, unless they have some sort of bilocation, um, some sort of X-Men skill that this guy has where he can shapeshift. If, if they could do that, or they can split off, if they can bilocate, maybe that's some sort of you know example where they could frequent these places at more than just more than one rate. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just ranting. But I was looking at the signs and I'm like, this says like arcade, water show, bar, and it's stuff like that. And then hotel real, like I said. And I'm like, they just found whatever signs they could. Water show? Why is there a water show next to all these bars and adult places? It looks like a, it looks like a good place to go to get a decent blowjob. Not like a really, really gross, like I said, the needles, needles in or whatever the dirty, dirty hotel is for $22 a night. But it looks like a halfway decent place to go get a blowjob discreetly so your wife doesn't know. It looks like one of those places. And like, why the fuck are there, is there a water park there? It's like new school Vegas, but it looks like old school Vegas. I don't know. It's fucking weird. So Rod kind of said he can only change his face. And I was like, okay, so that, so just his face. So this is going to be weird. And, and my one issue with this episode, my one real issue, because it was a good episode. I like this episode. Don't get me wrong. Is that Rod clearly says he can change his face. He, he can change faces. That's all he says. I'm not sure if he said he can only change his face, but that's, that's what I gathered from exactly what he said. <laughs> from basically him going, he can change his face to anybody if he thinks hard enough, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, well, that rules out going blackface. You can't, you can't be Morgan Freeman. You'd have some white hands sticking out. You would look like, quite literally, if you were naked, you would look like you were in blackface. You, you would just look ridiculous, which, you know, in the 60, 1960, you could probably get away with without being you know, called out on it. Back when you could do racist shit without being called on on it. Hashtag freedom, okay? But anyway, so I'm like, okay, he can only do white people of his exact body skin tone. You know what I mean? He can't go to one way or the other. He can't be a fucking albino and he can't be goddamn Will Smith or Don Cheadle, I guess, is blacker. That's right, he's blacker. I said it. <sighs> anyway, he... Oh, excuse me. He... he uh, Back when, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading my notes here. I'm trying to make sense of it. He, there's a singer, and she has a band behind her, and she gets off stage, and she starts walking over to the bar. This guy grabs her, and he's like, this is back when drunks in TV shows had to be fucking drunk for, you, for the audience, the basic audience, to understand that they were drunk, that they were consuming alcohol. So he's literally going, I'm going to check this out, sweet John. I'm going to fucking you in the bathroom. Like, he's literally folding in on himself with drunkenness. He's just going to collapse into this neutron star of drunk. Where he, And then he's going to blow up, and he's just going to just gonna ruin the universe. He's just he's that drunk. And then she's like, hey, watch the skin, or something like that. Some old-timey, some, some hip, hip jive back then. I don't know what she said. So... She sits down by herself. Um, what's his name? Walks over. Arch Hammer walks over. I'm realizing now that the guy from Social Network is named Army Hammer, right? I'm, re- I'm kind of going through my mind right now. Anyway, he walks over to the table and then he changes into Johnny, who's the guy who died in the hit and run with the train, and she starts losing her goddamn mind. 
And I, he's like, I'm back. And she's like, are you a ghost? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, there was some, some guy, other guy in my car, you know, looked just like me, my size, my clothes, must have had the same dentist. <laughs> and he's being all cool about it. And then I, But when he walked over to her, I was laughing hysterically because he's just leading with his face. He's like sticking his head out and just forcing his, her, his face into her face. So she really fucking sees it's him. And I'm like, dude, you got to learn how to, I know you can change your face. It doesn't mean you got to like, it doesn't lead you. It doesn't literally pull you, pull the rest of your body behind you. It's just, you, you act like a normal human being, not like a weird fucking alien that is just a face. Oh my God. What a weirdo. But she sits down and she's going insane because she, she's like, I saw you dead. Ah. And at this point I was like, oh, Johnny's voice is Johnny's because she doesn't seem to notice. Um, our main character has yet to speak, so we don't know what his voice is. But if she recognizes this voice as Johnny's, she's not that crazy. She recognizes his face. She would recognize if his voice was completely different. So he must be able to change his voice, too. So it's not just his face. So this is a more useful trait. I always said that, like we talked about this on the um, Incredible Negative Man back when the Phoenix West show was called that. Um, so I'll just say the Phoenix West show. We talked about this exact topic. Um, what would your, basically your superpower be? Mine would be this, to be able to change face, to change people, you know, and be a shapeshifter. Because you can do anything. You can do literally anything, pretty much. Yes, I won't be able to fly. Yes, I won't be able to see through walls. But I, you can get away with so fucking much. You can manipulate the shit out of things. And you can, yes, you can be creepy and fuck somebody's wife. That's not what I'm doing it for, okay, guys? Come on, calm down. Jesus. Not that much of a sexual deviant. Not yet. Not until I have that that skill. Um, So, this is starting to shape into a better skill for this guy. He can change voices, too. That's a a big part of this, to be able to convince somebody that you're somebody else. Um, As he's leaving, he tells this woman, you know, meet me here on this train. We'll go to wherever together. I wasn't really listening to this. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to come up again, so fuck it. And then he he starts to leave, and the trumpet player sees him, and he's like, Johnny, Johnny, and he's all excited. And he goes outside, and he's like, I thought you were dead. Ah." And then he lights a match that's like a fucking 40K, and his face illuminates, and he's like, oh, it's not you, Johnny. I thought it was somebody else. I'm sorry. And then he realizes it's back to Arch Hammer. And you hear him speak, and it's a different voice than Johnny, so that, that checks out. And then the guy leaves after lighting a cigarette and realizing it's not really Johnny. And then Johnny or Arch goes, I never had a dish like that. A dame like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's fucking creepy. And he's just like, yeah, Maggie. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm going to get up in there. Get up in Johnny's girl. I'm like, dude, you got to you really got to back off. And I'm realizing now as the episode ended and they didn't show Maggie again. I think that's her name. Otherwise, he just said Maggie for no reason there. He. He was actually going to take this girl and just be Johnny and just fuck her and do whatever he could with her and fuck her crazy brains out as she thinks she's fucking a ghost. She legit thinks he's a ghost at this point. And he's just going to take advantage of this pretty much mentally impaired woman. And he's cool with that. He's just fine with that. They need to redo the intro where it's like, he's been a candlestick maker, a legend, a singer, a rapist, a man who took advantage of mentally handicapped women. So then he takes the face of a guy who drowned in the river, another one of those newspaper clippings, and he goes into Mr. Pinnell's house, whoever the fuck he is. 
And then Mr. Pinell so surprised to see him, he breaks his TV with an imported beer, which they clearly state. And I was like, how the fuck did you break your TV with a beer, dude? Have you ever... I'm a little bit older. I don't know. I don't know. Some of you. But I, I grew up on one of those, you know, those tube TVs with the thick-ass glass and shit like that, and the tubes in the back. Those things... I've smashed them with bricks in the in fields before. They don't break. They just don't break. And when they they, they eventually do break, and then they're just, they're fucking thick. He hit it with a beer, a beer bottle, which you can break very easily. He hit it with that, and it shattered. It fucking blew up. How? What beer? Was he drinking lead beer? I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. Was it just a solid? piece of metal inside of the beer bottle. I don't understand what the how the hell he managed to do that. He's that big of a badass gangster that he broke the TV with it. Oh, whatever. Um, whoever the fuck he's supposed to be, I don't remember. I don't remember the name. Doesn't matter. Um, I think it's Verge or something like that. He's talking to Mr. Pinnell, how he, how he betrayed him and left him for dead. That's how he died in the river. And he's just like, I'm going to take all this money. Yeah, see, yeah, I'm going to take all the money. Yeah, yeah I'm going to head out here. And then my cut, I charge, I charge interest for people who shoot me three times at the gut and leave you for dead in the river. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. And then he goes to leave, and these guys show up who are like Mr. Pinnell's henchmen, I guess. And then, uh, what the fuck, Verge, I guess we call him, does like this comedic Three Stooges thing where he pulls the two guys together in front of uh, Pinnell and like flees like Looney Tunes and then he runs away. And then he's like, get him, get that guy. And then he, Arch gets away, and he's still Verge at this point. He gets away in this hilarious fashion. He runs around a studio back lot in, like, parkour mode. He's just trying to, like, scurry up the walls like a fucking kitty cat. And it's not working. I don't know what he's trying. So instead of just running in a, in a I know they're in alleyways. He could, instead of just running away and finding a way, because it's a fucking alleyway, You'll find a way out. Instead of doing that, he tries to like climb the walls and like stopping and like, oh, 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 where am I going? Like seriously, like three stooges, that level of comedic acting. But there's no comedy here. I was like, y- you're fucking stupid, dude. Just, just run, just run. And I know they're trying to get it so he doesn't leave the set. Obviously, understood. Um, he freaks out. He's like, I got to change faces. I got to change faces. I got to concentrate. I got to concentrate. And he looks behind him and he sees this flyer on the wall for a boxer. Changes into him. The guys are like, "Oh, sorry, there's somebody else." After him, after two and a half minutes of him going, "Why are you fingering me, huh? Why you, why you, why am I? You pointing guns at me? Why do you follow me? Turning the Mark Wahlberg. You turning the Mark Wahlberg. Why are you doing that to me? Come on, why are you doing that? Why you, why would you do that?" And they they leave. And then he's walking around as this boxer guy, and he runs into this guy who has a magazine booth, as uh, a magazine seller. He's. Uh, what do you call those guys? What are those called? These are the booth with all the magazines. When I lived in L.A., I saw them all the time. You can just go up to them and buy a magazine. You see them in movies all the time. I don't know what the fuck they're called. I'm going to call them a magazine seller because I don't know what the fuck it's called, and that, that makes sense to me. Anyway, he recognizes Andy, and then they have a long conversation, and it went nowhere for a while. Then he reveals, you know, you should recognize me, Andy. As a son recognizes his father. Then he describes what Andy did, like you betrayed me, you betrayed your mom, and you left your girlfriend when she was pregnant with your brother's baby when you were, and the baby had AIDS and it was dying, and his dying wish was, "Please, Dad, don't leave," and you left, and the the baby died because of that. And you know, it wouldn't go to that degree, but I was like, "Holy shit, Andy's a terrible person. This this boxer is a terrible shit fuck of a person." 
And then the dad just goes, <laughs> it made me laugh really bad when the dad goes, I hate you. I hate your guts, Andy. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, this dad is pissed. And he tries to stop him, and then Andy shoves him on the ground and runs away. Uh, this guy's a badass, this dad. And, he's, and the whole time he's like, yeah, just run away. Run away from your problems. I hate you. Um, he gets back to his apartment, Arch does, and then there's just some fucking guy there. And then he, he arrests him. And I was like, who the fuck is this dildo? Why is he here? Why is he arresting him? I don't understand what the hell was happening. He did say, Rod did say he was like a, a loan shark or something like that. And he was a thief. I don't know. I guess that came up to haunt him eventually. Whatever. Here, and here's the thing. If you are a shapeshifter, do not ever be yourself if yourself is wanted. This should be obvious, especially to someone who has who has called themselves a criminal, who has called themselves a thief, whatever the fuck he said, Rod said in the beginning. I know that, and I'm not in this situation. Don't ever be yourself. It's the same thing I have with uh, uh, Mission Impossible movies. Like, if you can be a mask, if you can make masks out of other people with voice changers, do not ever be yourself, because obviously don't ever be yourself. And I don't need to explain that. Don't be yourself, you dumbass. So many dildos in this episode. He needs to, I don't know. I don't, don't ever be yourself. That's all I can really say about that. Um, he goes. He, arrest, he lets him arrest him. And then he does this trick thing where he goes and grabs his coat. And you think he's going to change his face. And he doesn't. And I was like, ooh, that was, that was good. They tricked the audience for that one. I like that. It's like, and then it's in, the music cued you in. But they didn't, they didn't do it. And he takes him downstairs. And he loses him in a... I'm going to use the word vestibule, not knowing what the word vestibule means. I think that's just like the bank thing where like the ATMs are on the inside, but you're not fully in the bank. Um, there's an episode of Friends where Chandler gets in there with a model, I think she was. I'm not really sure what a vestibule means. It's just one of those doors you see in like old buildings where it's just like the... It's a little thing that spins. And, and, you, and you get like four people in there at the time. And you always fucking get your heels hit in it, and this is a pain in the ass, and I don't know why they exist. It's basically a turnaround, turnabout, like when you drive in a circle, like those English things, but for people to walk through in buildings, like a door. I don't know what the fuck they're called. I don't give a shit. I'm calling it a vestibule. Let me know if I'm wrong. LordingWonderland at gmail.com. I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up. Don't care. I thought I was going to look it before this, but I didn't, so here we are. That's just what's going on now. Um, he changes after a second lap and then the guy's like, Whoa, I'm sorry. Uh, did you see him? And he's like, no. I was like, All right. But the person he changed into was Andy, that piece of shit asshole. Like his dad hates. And then I realized, Oh, his dad's going to kill him. And sure enough, when he goes through the change, he looks up and his dad's there and his dad's got a gun. And I was like, Oh, okay, here you go. And he's just like, Oh, let me, you got the wrong idea. I'm not really your son. Like, let me show. Let me. I was gonna concentrate. Let me show. Let me prove it to you. And the dad shoots, and he falls on the ground. And he's dying, but he's going through the four people he took over before. And then you know, he's Arch. He's Verge. He's Johnny. He's Andy. I guess that was one of them. Anyway, those four guys. And then Rod's like, all four of them, all the four people he was, and all four of them are dying. And I was like, oh, that's what the title is. Okay, that's good. That's what the title means. There you go. That's poetic enough, I guess. I like that. That's a good title. It really is. And then uh, you realize he's changing between these four characters. His face is literally, the person literally is changing on the ground. And then they show the dad afterward. 
He's just watching. He shot his own son. I know he's a cold-blooded son of a bitch. He didn't have to kill him. But he's just, like, watching it as if nothing's happening, as if as if he, like, was like, what? He's at the store. He set down the little basket that he had with some stuff, and he's like, I really kind of concentrate and remember what else my wife told me to grab because I forgot to bring the note. Was it, like, mushrooms or was it no, tomato sauce? Was it, fuck, was it? Was it bell pepper? I don't know. Something for spaghetti, right? I just, I just can't quite get my finger around it. So if I just sit here and look at the ground and I'll just blank out whatever's happening in front of me, standing in the middle of the aisle, staring at the tiles on the ground, I'm going to think of something. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh man, what is it? He has that look on his face. I kind of wanted to keep going for another two minutes there and, and describing this guy in the grocery store aisle. But I'll go ahead and move on. But that's that's the look he has on his face of like mild interest, kind of just spacing out, and he's like he's thinking of something else completely. Anyway, uh, yeah, good episode, good episode. I don't. It's just one of those things of like it really. You could just tell they wrote it like, what would your superpower be? Oh, it'd be this because we can do that very easily. And then how would that go wrong? And that's the worst case scenario for that. And I like I like the writing styles like that. It's weird to say. I, I did, <laughs> it sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm not. I really do like when things are written like that because it's not just like, what can we do that's cool? It's not that shit. So I appreciate it. Anyway, guys, go check out AmericanShow.com. Share it with your friends, your family, your victims, your lawyers, your the, the senator of whatever the fuck state you're in. I don't know. Share it with Bernie. I don't fucking care. Don't share it with Trump, please. Um, anyway, guys, seriously, go check out AmericanShow.com or YouTube, Lord and Land. Subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. I'd fucking love that, guys. You guys leave the best reviews on iTunes. It's awesome. I love it. You guys are the best for this show. I have like eight podcasts, and this one's the best for comments. I actually get emails about this show that are just funny. You guys are the only ones who actually email me back. When I say, hey, Ian want to be back. Like last episode, I said, email, email me about the greasy hair guy, if that grosses you out. But re- granted, I just recorded that, so I haven't gotten any emails yet. But I want to hear from you guys, so let me know. Um, let me know ideas I can do, a few of complaints. I'll read it off, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm not too serious about this. Anyway, guys, um, yeah, check out AmericanShow.com. And then show American. And stay tuned for Shitty Movie Showdown. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Probably hitting June-ish, if I had to guess. If I had the, if I had the guess for June 2016, that's probably when it's going to start getting around. They're making it. I'm just in pre-production stuff right now. Anyway, I'm rambling. You don't give a shit. So until next time, and in the meantime, I'm Phoenix West from the Twilight Zone. Fuck off. <laughs>